it's going to be a doozy today, ladies and gentlemen, a real doozy. Yeah, that's right. You're at the Harland Highway podcast, rolling down the Harland Highway. I'll be your chauffeur, baby. And uh, we're touching on summer, man. Summer is in full swing as far as I'm concerned. And uh, we have a horrifying, crazy news story uh, about what could be in your swimming pool. Oh, my God. It's something you kind of thought might be there, weren't sure if it was there. But guess what? According to science, it is there mega, mega big time. So crazy news story. Then uh, I'm going to tell you about a new invention. Two words, sizzle beard. I just made it up. But it is so cool. It's maybe just for the men, but then, I don't know, maybe the girls could do it too. I'm going to talk about it. My new invention, sizzle beard. Oh, just, I love it. Wait till you hear this. And then towards the end of the show, we have a uh, scientist from Berkeley, a German professor from Berkeley calling in to talk about uh, something a little disturbing. Something that involves bodily functions, something that might make some of you a little queasy. Uh, It's not going to be pretty, but it is science. This podcast isn't. It's crazy. It's the Harland Highway. Sit down, strap in, and tighten your diaper. Come here, baby. You're about to go down the Harland Highway. I didn't bargain for this. Oh, yes, you did. Chicka, chicka, chow, chicka, chicka, chow, man, baby. And the creature from outer space. Please don't stop. I got a mean and ugly face. Magnificent performance. This is the Harlan Highway. I hate you. Well, that's the way it goes. <laughs> what do you say we get down to business? Oh boy, I hate to start the podcast off this way. I really do. I, I hate to start summer off this way, but uh, this this is not good news. What I'm about to give you this this could this could throw a crimp into your summer vacation plans. This could uh, this could throw a crimp into your weekend summer lounging plans. This could put a big yellow stain across. Your leisure time. Uh, oh, boy, oh, boy. Roger, play the crazy news story uh, theme, because here it is. The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. I think you're crazy. You've done it. We know you have. And it looks like you're not the only one peeing in the pool. Every pool. A lot. That's according to a new study published in Environmental Science and Technology Letters. The scientists did more than ask people, although one in five Americans admit they pee in the pool. (sighs) No, the scientists found a way to know for sure. It turns out all those artificial sweeteners we eat and drink make their way to our pee. And the scientists figured out how to measure it. They tested 31 pools and tubs, and yes, they found urine in all of them. 30 to 75 liters of urine over the course of three weeks, to be specific. But it doesn't really matter, since that's what we have chlorine for, right? Not necessarily. The study notes urine can react with chlorine to form byproducts that can hurt your eyes and respiratory system through long-term exposure. So we shouldn't have to say this, but please, stop peeing in the pool. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, I have a pool. I, 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 I know some of you listening have pools. And I kind of get it in my head that when my friends come over, when I have a barbecue or a pool party or whatever, I just I just get it in my head that, you know what, we're all adults. We used to pee in the pool when we were kids. You know, that's something we don't do now. But hearing this uh, survey, I'm a little suspicious of my friends now, some of them. And yes, it is so easy to pee in the pool, isn't it? And you you think, oh, no one will know. And it's all spread out. 
and you know I don't want to get out of the nice warm water and I'm a little drunk so you know I'm feeling a little looser the problem is when people are a little drunk their peas are like nine times as long okay for those of you uh, that drink or don't drink dalo uh, when you uh, when you drink a, a little glass of water or a glass of orange juice your pee is moderate to small when you're out barbecuing and you drink like four or five beers or two or three mixed drinks or whatever man you pee like a fountain in times square it just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming so i gotta tell you man you know, if someone's doing a barbecue pee in the pool, yikes. And to hear hear all that stuff, it, it's a little freaky. So, so let's read into this a little bit. Scientists confirm worst fears about pee in pools. That's the headline. And, you know, when scientists are worried, you know, scientists worry about global warming and radiation and the end of the world and meteors hitting the earth. So when quote, scientists confirm worst fears about pee in pools. We in trouble, people. Uh, Here's the story about one in five Americans say they've peed in the pool. Yuck. And here, this is a kicker. Even the world's most famous pool user, Michael Phelps, the the guy who won like nine million gold medals in the Olympics, I'm wondering if those gold medals were forged from they just solidified some of the gold urine water he was swimming in. Phelps says everybody does it. And now scientists have finally figured out a way to quantify just how much urine is in our pools. And the results won't please swimmers, as we've heard. A research team testing 31 pools and hot tubs, and, and yes, hot tubs are even worse. Because a pool you're kind of getting in and out of, you know, the pool's not as warm. The pool's kind of, you know, you get in and out, you go get a drink, you jump in, you jump off the side, you have fun, you splash around. A hot tub, bro? Oh, hell no. When you're, when you're in a hot tub, you're home for the evening, man. When you, when you get down in that heated water and those jets are massaging your back and your flubbery ass cheeks... Oh, you don't want to go nowhere, bro. You just want to sit there and get spoiled. You got that the heat going through your veins, and you got the the bubbles. And I think all that bubble movement and the heat kind of makes the pee get active. And so you're so calm and relaxed, you just want to let it out. You're just like, oh, yeah, bro. Oh, yeah, mix my lemonade in with those bubbles. Mm-mm. And, you know, urine's warm, so people are like, Harlan, can you turn the hot tub down? It just went up a few degrees too hot. And I'm like, yeah, because half of you are pissing. Oh, that's so wrong. So not true. Oh, wait, whoops. I just squirted when I got angry there. Um, I mean, good Lord, the hot tub. And that's even less water. That's uh, like at least the pool's like swimming in a lake. The hot tub's like sitting in a bathtub with your friends. Ew. So they found there's they found there's evidence of urine in every single one of them. On average, there were eight gallons of urine in a hundred and ten thousand gallon pool, and eighteen point five gallons of urine in a two hundred twenty thousand gallon pool. Eighteen point five gallons of urine. Ladies and gentlemen, why don't we just go to the airport and I'll take a dip in the in the public toilets? I mean, is there any difference? Yeah, here we go. According to the story, the results were even grosser for hot tubs. I told you, one hotel, one hotel hot tub was found to have three times the urine level of the worst swimming pool. Yeah, I wonder if that hotel had the number six next to it. Yeah, motel six gallons of urine. Researchers figured this all out by measuring the levels of 
acephal flame potassium, or ACE slash K in pools and hot tubs. ACE K is an artificial sweetener found in soup, diet soda, candy, yogurt, and much more. It doesn't occur in nature, and 95% of it passes straight through the body unchanged making it a good indicator of urine levels in water. While urine itself isn't harmful, it can react with chlorine, as we heard, and create disinfection byproducts, which can can be, uh, you know, damaging. Researchers say they aren't trying to turn people off swimming. They just like to remind everyone to please not pee in the pool. Yeah, okay, gang? And here's the thing. Here, here's what I think goes on, okay? I think a lot, of, a lot of adults, okay, they probably believe that most adults don't pee in the pool. You know, they're like, oh, we're, we're grown-ups. We don't pee in the pool anymore. That, that's ridiculous, right? And so what happens is they probably go, well, if no one else is peeing in the pool then it won't really matter that much if I do it. No one will know. It's just one person. It's just one. I mean, God, look at the size of this pool. It's nine feet deep. It's 40 feet long. I mean, it's going to dilute so much. No one will know. And so I think a lot of adults are having that same thing. They're going, you know, everyone's too sophisticated. We're grown-ups. Nobody pees in the pool anymore. That's not what adults do. And so they're probably thinking they can get away with it because they're the only one. But uh, guess what? I might have to have a talk with my friends about this. Yeah. Because, you know, I'll be having some pool parties this summer and I don't want I don't want my buddies pissing in the pool. You kind of expect it from the dudes. But I got to say what what freaks me out is if the girls are doing it. You know, you always think of girls as ladies and and mannerly and, you know, sweet and innocent to a degree. And the idea of the girls letting it rip in the pool is just a little too primal for me, maybe. So, yeah, I might have to to put up some signage. I might have to, you know, maybe, maybe I'll have to come up with some kind of like chemical that if they pee in the pool you can immediately see it i think there is a chemical that that does that um so there you go warning to all of you don't put the pool water in your mouth yuck and use the toilet you pegs you was my brother charlie you should have looked out for me a little bit You should have taken care of me just a little bit so I wouldn't have to take them dives for the short end money. I had some bets down for you. You saw some money. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Instead of a bum. Which is what I am. Let's face it. Wait, who is it, Roger? Oh, really? A a scientist is going to call in and refute the whole... well, okay. You're not sure if refute's the right word, but the so a specialist is going to call in and, and talk to us about the urine in the pool water thing. Okay. Oh, well, I'm up for that. I mean, you know, it's probably something that everyone listening wants to hear about. So when are they calling in? Okay. So, okay. Sorry, folks. Roger's talking in my headphones here. Uh, okay. So... Well, well, let's do another segment. We have time, right? Yes. Okay. Roger just gave me the thumbs up. I want to talk about... So we're going to have someone phoning in from the scientific community, I guess, to uh, to talk about the uh, pee in the pool syndrome. But in the meantime, since we're talking about hot weather in the summer, oh my God, I want to share with you something kind of new that I discovered with soft drinks. And it's just something I discovered recently because uh, I was down in Florida and uh, I was doing some brush clearing, okay? I was clearing like a really hugely thickly overgrown tropical lot. I don't know if you've been to Florida, but man, 
it grows like a jungle down there. I mean, it's always hot. So there's, there's like palm trees and oak trees and cedar trees and vines and snakes and gator. I mean, it's, it's, it's like crazy. So I was helping to clear a property and, uh, you know, it's something I like doing. I've told you guys before I used to kind of do the lumberjack thing and I've always, I've always found it fun and kind of therapeutic to like cut and haul and, and clear. I, I, I like the concept of taking a completely overgrown piece of land and kind of shaping it and forming it and cutting it and manicuring it and, and watching it kind of come to life. Now, don't get me wrong. I love trees and bushes and, and flora. I don't like just ripping plants down for the sake of ripping them down because I love I love plants too. I think they're beautiful organisms. But sometimes you're in a in a place where, you know, there's just such an abundance of them. There's such an overgrowth that you don't really feel bad removing them and sometimes you got to remove them just to you know, make a certain area more uh, visually under control and manageable. So, um, so this was one of those instances, and so I was just going berserk. You know how hot it is in Florida, man. It's it's not only hot, but it, the, the humidity's there. So, within you know a minute and a half, your shirt is just dripping with with perspiration. And so I was, you know, I was, I was doing this day in, day out, like for like five days for like eight, nine hours a day. I mean, this place was a jungle and still is. I, I got more to do a lot more. I, I barely touched, scraped the surface of this thing, but I'm kind of glad because when it's done, I'm going to be sad. I won't be, well, what can I cut now? What can I clear now? I'm like a little beaver. I want to chew through stuff, <laughs> but but, you know, when, when you get into it, when you're working so hard, you kind of sometimes forget to take a break or you don't realize how thirsty you are or whatever. But your body sure knows. Your body is, uh, you know, your body uh, can dehydrate quickly, especially in that type of environment. And so by the time you kind of take a break, when you got to go, you know, refill the, the chainsaw with oil and gas and just kind of catch your breath, you are just like, you need a drink. And and I, I know we're not supposed to drink tons of soda or pop, as I like to call it. But I love my Coke, man. I mean, there is nothing better when you are doing what I'm doing, you know, sweating buckets in the bush, covered with bugs and tree bark and leaves, and your skin is scraped from all the branches and You've, your eyes have been poked and you're, oh my God, you're wearing gloves and you got to wear heavy clothing because you don't know what you're going to encounter. And then you like get a big cold can of Coke and pull it out of the ice chest and oh my God, I don't know if there's anything more heavenly. There better be a, a Coke machine in heaven, man, or I'm, I'm going to stay in purgatory. But anyway, so so this is what I did. You know, I'd get so like so wiped out, so hot, so sticky, so completely drenched in sweat that I would kind of half hobble to the ice chest. You know, I'd be like, "Oh my god, like I'm just wiped." And I reach in that that ice chest and it's almost like you're almost like half asleep. Your your body is so like spent is the best word. You just spent. You've all had that feeling, right? And you just like it's almost like your eyes half close. You know, it's like you're it's almost like you're sleepwalking, man. And you just kind of like your brain's going a little numb and you just you just kind of hobble and wobble to the ice chest you're like I need a drink. I need a drink. You know, you can barely talk to anyone and you just grab that coke and you open the little pop top and you put it to your mouth and you start guzzling. But here's what happened this time. I was so like catatonic almost that I just, you know, I, I felt a little bit. I was drinking so fast and so mightily that a little bit of the Coke like streamed out of the lip of the opening in the can and ran down into my beard like it kind of dribbled down like a small stream of valuable precious coke 
And I was like, whoa, wait a minute, that felt kind of good. And so then the next sip, I let it kind of drip out on purpose. So now it's like 50% of my Coke consumption was going down my throat, which felt amazing. And then the other 50% was going into my beard and, and, you know, meandering through my beard and down my chin and down my neck and onto my shirt. And I got to tell you, it's a sensation that felt freaking amazing. You, you could, you know, Coke sizzles and, and sparkles and, you know, all the carbonation. Well, I got to tell you, feeling it going down my throat and feeling it meander and trickle through my beard and sizzle. You know, when you've got a beard, I guess you can kind of feel every little hair follicle as it, you know, protrudes from your skin. And so that this Coke was like kind of crackling through my beard. This ice cold Coke was like streaming and kind of, it's like, you ever see those weird little um, things at the carnival? They're like these big, uh, they look like picture frames and they're full of nails and you put a, you put a coin at the top and the coin like kind of bounces all the way down through the nails to the bottom. I think they have a game on the prices right where they do it too. They got a great big round disc and they drop and it kind of plinks downwards. Gravity pulls it down, but it hits each nail. It goes bunk, 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 and it goes across and down and, a, you know, until finally it, it lands in a slot in the bottom. And that's what this Coke feels like. It feels like it's like kind of bouncing down through the, 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 the short hairs of my beard and just kind of crackling it and sizzling it and bringing it to life. Oh, my God. I don't know, I, I don't know what, I, what I should call it. I'm, I'm thinking of calling it like the Coke beard sizzle, like a beard sizzle, man. You know? I feel like it needs a name. It needs to be a new thing. I'm going to call it a beard sizzle because <laughs> that's what it feels like. Oh, my God. Dudes, I know it sounds sticky and messy and dirty, and I bet it works with a beer too, man. I'm just going to call it a generic, you know, beard sizzle. And I'm sure you can do it with anything carbonated, you know, a carbonated water, beer, pop, Coke. Sprite, 7-Up. Dude, you got to try it. Try it when you're just drenched, just when you're you're just hot as a fried egg on the back of Rosie O'Donnell's forehead. Just like purposely let that carbonated beverage dribble down your chin. I don't even know if you need a beard. I'm going to ask all of you to try it. You know, just just... It seems wasteful. It seems like, you know, you're losing a lot. And you don't do it the whole time. Maybe you let, you know, two or three little gulps go down your chin. And as messy and sticky and kind of wrong as it seems, you know, we've been taught to drink politely and don't dribble and don't drool and don't, don't, let, don't talk with your mouths full. Well, I'm telling you, abandon Everything you know about manners. And it's a dual process. You got to be drinking and drooling at the same time to do the, 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 the beard sizzle. Oh, my God. It's such a, such a satisfying sensation. I, I, wanna, I want some of you to do it because I don't want to be the only one. I, 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 I got to imagine this feels just as good to anyone else as it does to me. So I'm urging, I'm pleading with some of you guys to try it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? You want us to do what, you goofball? Please. But you can't do it, you know, if you're just a little bit hot. It's It's got to be born from, like, you've been going at it. And you are just, you've been cutting the lawn, or you've been playing baseball, or you've been canoeing, or you've been running. You've been chased by a pit bull, something. It's got to be like excessive heat. And you just let it pour down your throat on the inside. But on the outside, your skin's feeling that 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 pop, that ice-cold pop slide down your face. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it, man. It's like it's like you know your 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 your, your ice-cold beverage is, is working the inside of your mouth. And then there's that skin membrane in between, 
the outside epidural layer. So it's like maybe, maybe you know, the inside um, throat is sending like neurological signals to the outside epidermis. And maybe it's causing some kind of like tingling, like cooling interaction. Maybe it's the brain going, oh, connect, connect the two cold liquids. Beep, 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 beep. Maybe, maybe there's actually a science to the beard sizzle. Look at me. Look at me delving deeper into a stupid topic that I never should or nobody should, but I'm doing it. Screw it. I want everyone to enjoy the beard sizzle. <laughs> so th this isn't a joke. This is for real, man. Guys, please, if, if you do it, I, I need you to phone me. I, I need to know I'm not alone on Beard Sizzle Island. I need to know that it felt as good for you as it did for me, or am I just a complete raving moron? I almost can't wait to do it again, but I got to tell you, Coke, you know, Coke has kind of like the strongest sizzle. It's for some reason, you know, you know what they say. I don't know if it's true, but Coke can eat through pennies and nails and melt car batteries, and if you threw one at the sun, the sun would go black, all that bullshit. So for whatever reason, the Coke just sizzles down your chin. So there you go. Try it out. Let me know. I need to hear from you. You better phone me and let me know. 323-739-4330. All right? Let me know, 323-739-4330, or you can write me at harlowilliams.com. The phone number is also at harlowilliams.com. So let's, let's figure this out together. What? Oh, oh, good. On the line? Excellent. It sounds like we have our, our urine expert, shall I call him that, Roger, uh, on the phone. So let's, let's get to him, and uh, here we go. Let's uh, put him through. What's his name, Roger? What? Han, Hans Kubelheim? All right. Uh, German, I'm guessing, right? Hans Kubelheim. Let's let's put him through, Rod. Let's let's have this this talk. Uh hello, are you there, sir? Hello, Mr. Williams. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing very good. Wie geht's, as we say in Germany. Uh yes, you're you're, you're German, sir? Yes, Mr. Williams, I come from Dusseldorf, Germany, and I have been a professor at uh, Berkeley University for a very long time, uh, seven and a half years, uh, in the health and human sciences, and uh, I'm very happy to be on the show today to discuss urine. I'm sorry, sir? Uh, urine, to discuss the, the urine. Urine, yes, sir. Yes, absolutely, Mr. Williams. Uh, I listened to the top half of your show. Uh, it took a lot of patience, I might add, to l to listen to your voice. Uh, you know, it grinds a little bit. It irritates. Excuse me, sir? Well, I'm just... Uh, if I may proceed. Well, yes. I'll tell you what. Germans have always been rather blunt. Well, uh, you know, there's no time for, you know, uh, pleasantries, Mr. Williams. I have things to do. I'm a very... Uh, very busy curriculum, and I have many uh, papers and uh, classes to prepare for my students. I'm sure that you understand, Mr. Williams. I, I guess so, sir. Yes, please go ahead. Well, the, the situation with the urine contamination, as I like to call it, uh, and I, I, I can concede that the, the testing that has been done on the, the urine in the swimming pool water is in fact accurate. It's very precise science. I have tested it myself in our laboratories many times. Okay, so you, you back up the findings. 100% Mr. Williams, but given the, the situation in, in America and in perhaps around the world as well, uh, the people do have a proclivity to want to spend Many, many recreational hours in the swimming pool, uh, relaxing, frolicking, playing around, uh, playing beach ball, all these wonderful things that, uh, you know, we like to do to relax. Yes, I mean, you know, most summer activities gravitate r around the swimming pool if you can't get to, to a beach. I will not argue with you there, Mr. Williams, and so... Since we know from the research, from the findings, that in fact 
people are urinating in the pools where we are swimming, and they are being very discreet about it. They are doing uh, masking it. They are doing it very subtly. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned in your very grinding, long uh, monologue about it, is, you know, you don't expect it to be coming from adults and people uh, with mature brains. Well, if you could just... Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, I, I, I did say that. And so the solution to these, uh, you know, combating, if you will, the urine, uh, to prevent... Uh, the urine infecting uh, our systems, shocking our systems, contaminating our epidural, uh, our skin, so on, is we have to take steps to acclimate to uh, the urine. We have to acclimate to it, and we have to put up a build-up, a defense system, just like we would with many common diseases or a parasitic threats to uh, us, ourselves, the human organisms. Okay, yes, I mean, you know, the, the, you're kind of saying like if, you, if it's flu season, drink lots of orange juice, fluids, uh, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, in a, in a roundabout way, Mr. Williams, but we have to ask ourselves as scientists, and I know you are just a layman, you don't think deeply or you don't think academically the way myself or my colleagues would. Now, sir, it seems like you've got a little bit... If I may continue, Mr. Williams. Yes, go go ahead, sir. And so, uh, one of the ways that we can acclimate is uh, we have to prepare our bodies and our immune systems to be familiar with the urines, uh, to uh, not be shocked or surprised when the human epidural comes into contact with the urine, if it gets in your eyes, if it accidentally, some leakage gets into your mouth, you ingest it orally, uh, into the pores of your skin, even your earlobes, Mr. Williams. The, the urine is a liquid, it's acidic, and it can penetrate on many levels of the human epidermis. Well, that makes common sense, but you, you keep referring to acclimating. How does one, I don't know, acclimate to urine in the pool? I just don't see how one would do it. Well, like any process, when you acclimate, you have to familiarize uh, a, a surrounding with the imposing surrounding. As, as For example, Mr. Williams, uh, in order to familiarize the uh, epidermis, the human epidermal with the urine, uh, the epidermis must come into contact with the urine. You mean like when you get in the pool, your skin meets the urine? No, I'm saying to, in order to be preventative about it, we must uh, expose the human skin to urine before you get into the pool water. Well, okay, uh, meaning... Meaning, have you ever been stung by a jellyfish, Mr. Williams? You know, actually, I was stung by a jellyfish once when I was a kid. And how did you treat that, uh, that burning sensation on your epidermis, on your open skin? Well, I, I didn't do anything. I actually kind of just let it ride its course because I was a kid. I didn't know any better. But if you had any knowledge in that head of yours... Now, there you go again. If I may, Mr. Williams. Yes, go ahead. Uh, if you had any knowledge in your head, you would know that uh, urine actually uh, counteracts the stinging uh, sensation of a jellyfish sting. I have heard that, yes. So in order to uh, acclimate the human body, to, uh, to give, understand the sensation of urine, we must go into the swimming pool, the urine-infested swimming pool water, with our skin familiar with the, the urine. Yes, you, you've been saying that, sir, but how? Well, have you ever uh, known that when you get stung with a jellyfish, you are supposed to urinate on your skin? Yes, I, I have heard that. I, I think I said that. Well, then, have you ever uh, let me take it uh, another step further, Mr. Williams? Have you ever heard of the term the golden shower? Excuse me? 
The golden shower, Mr. Williams. Uh, golden shower meaning... Meaning, Mr. Williams, a simulated shower of golden urine. Okay, that that's that's a sex. That's that's like a kind of perverted, weird sex act thing, isn't it? Well, uh, you know, you can call it that if you want, Mr. Williams. And but if you uh, you know, if you want to avoid getting uh, urine poisoning in your local swimming pool, then. Uh, Maybe uh, you want to jump in the shower with the family before you go to the public pool and, you know, have a golden shower time. What? What? Did you just suggest that families... Wait a minute. Uh, Did you just suggest... Yes, Mr. Williams? Did you just suggest, sir, that in order to prevent families from getting urine on them and having an adverse reaction from said urine that they they counteract the effects of strangers urine by a family getting in a shower and urinating all over each other yes mr williams a golden shower a very effective method and the, mostly the boys will be the, the the best ones at this. You know, they they can mostly cover the other people in the family. But, you know, if a girl, uh, you know, uh, not to get too graphic, Mr. Williams, but if a girl, uh, you know, points and pulls her, her urinary tract in the right uh, direction, she can get quite the arc. Qu- quite the arc? Yeah, the arc of urine, Mr. Williams. I, I know what you mean. Sheep. Girl, don't underestimate women, Mr. Williams. Women can, if they apply themselves, if they focus, they can quite easily uh, direct and control the stream of urine and... Okay, good Lord. I don't think my listening audience needs to picture a family in a shower where everyone's weeing all over each other. Well, Mr. Williams, do you want to get sick or do you want do you want to have a fun day at the pool? Well, I want to have a fun day at the pool, but I, I, I think the day might be dampened a little bit, pardon the pun, knowing that my whole family is covered in urine. Well, do you want to get sick or do you want to, uh, you know, have a healthy day swimming in the pool, Mr. Williams? Uh, yeah, this this is just... Yeah. And if you uh, don't want to go in the pool, you can always just, you know, you can relieve yourself, as we say, in the toilet bowl and kneel down and just splash. You know, you kneel down and you splash the, the urine water on your face the same way you would wash your face at night and, you know, with soap and water, except now you are kneeling over the, the basin of the toilet and there's a nice, warm, frothy, uh, golden urine, almost like movie theater c- topping for the popcorn. Oh, my God. And you just splash it up on your face. And if you have the wherewithal to take your shirt off, you can, you know, dab it with a sponge all over your body. And then when you go to the local swimming pool or even uh, at your own swimming pool, you can, how, how you say, fight fire with fire, Mr. Williams. No, no, this is just disgusting. I, I'm not. I'm not going to allow my listeners to even entertain the concept of golden showering with their families, s- rinsing, splashing their bodies off with with urine over the toilet. That's disgusting, sir. And speaking of friends coming over, how how do we prevent friends? If I let's say have a barbecue, how do I do that? Mr. Williams, have you ever been to McDonald's? What? McDonald's restaurant, over a million billion served. Yes, who hasn't been to McDonald's? And the statue, the golden arches ring a bell. The golden arch. Yes, that's their their sign, the giant M, the golden arches. Imagine, Mr. Williams, if you would, please. All of your friends coming over to your house, you're entertaining them, you're you're hosting your wonderful friends for an afternoon pool party or barbecue. And imagine if they are greeted with you 
and perhaps someone else from your family or a loved one or even a close friend and as they come through the door to your yard one of you is standing on each side and you are urinating up in the air creating golden arches and as your guests walk underneath the golden arches the urine comes down like a mister have you ever seen a mister outside of the cheesecake factory mr williams on a hot day the, the spray is coming down whoa whoa are you talking about a urine mister i sure am mister what well, that is dude this is uh, if you could, could, you know, please, let's stay professional here and uh, refer to me as Professor. I am, uh, you know, I am a Professor uh, Kubelheim from Health and Human Sciences at Berkeley University. And getting back to the urine golden arches, just spraying your guests as they come in through your doorway, drenching their bodies with golden urine, just again like a golden popcorn topping at the movie theater, Mr. Witt. Stop! Stop! None of this is happening, bro. Okay, we're not... We're not having golden showers with the kids. We're not... We're not splashing in the... In the toilet. And we're not doing the McDonald's golden arches. Over one billion people served, Mr. Williams. No! Not even one person is going to get weed on if they come to my house. Well, then, uh, you know, what can I say? I hope you get pink eye and some kind of Lyme disease infection in your urinary tract. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Well, you know, I'm a professor at uh, Berkeley, Human Service uh, Sciences, and you don't want to listen to... My, my uh, resolution, my conclusions, my solutions, more importantly. Uh, and for that reason, sir, I suggest, uh, you know, you go order a pizza pie and uh, shove it up your fat face. Fuck you. What? What that? Why is he mad at me, Roger? The guy just hung up. Shove a pizza what? That guy was insane. A year, a, oh my God! This this guy was out of control. Hans Kubelheim is suggesting the anti-venom, the antidote to preventing getting any type of urine sickness from a swimming pool filled with urine is to dose oneself with their own urine over time so that the body is acclimated and used to it and will therefore build up a resistance to urine. I, I, I don't even, I forget it. I'm, here I, am, I can't even believe I'm trying to explain the science of this. That, that guy is nuts. And to think that students at Berkeley are paying for a professor who's doing that kind of research. Good Lord, I'm stopping the show. End the show. End the show. Hans Kubelheim. End the show now. Let's do some announcements. I'm out. I'm out. I feel sick. I'm never eating at McDonald's again. I'm never having golden topping on my popcorn at the theater again, thanks to Hans Kubelheim. Jeez. All right. Well, happy 4th of July, everyone. It is It is uh, tomorrow, July 4th. Happy 4th of July. If you're American, and even if you're not, you know, and you love America or you even like America, so you can celebrate it. So happy 4th of July to everybody. Um, what can I tell you that's exciting? As you know, I'm kind of taking July off, so I don't really have any stand-up comedy shows. Same with August. I usually take summers off, man. Um, so, you know, you can always, uh, catch me locally here. And if you live in Hollywood, Hollywood, California, man, I'm always, you know, popping up at the local clubs doing shows. So working on new material, getting ready for the fall where I, where I head back out into the world. Let's see. What do I got coming up in the fall? I'll give you a little teaser. In September, I got Portland, Oregon. I got Chicago. Oh my God, I got uh, Irvine, California, Orange County. 
We got Buffalo, New York coming up in November. San Jose, California. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I mean, that's just the beginning. Those are some hot, juicy shows, bros. So, uh, you know, you can check my website, harlowwilliams.com. It's, it's a little ways out, but if you want to get some pre-tickets or whatever, don't be afraid to go to my website, harlowwilliams.com. You can look at the full stand-up comedy schedule. You can bo- order your tickets, pre-order them uh, at, the, at the website. Um, I will keep you posted on my Caramel Corn the Pug special. We are currently in the editing process now. Um, I also want to thank all my uh, all my fans who have been watching Puppy Dog Pals. It's amazing. My Twitter is just being like blasted with pictures of people's kids. It's so beautiful. It's like it's like they're taking pictures of their children in front of the TV. And what's great about my characters, Bingo and Rolly, the pugs, they're the two animated pug characters and puppy dog pals. They've got, we designed them with huge eyes. So whenever people send me pictures of their kids watching puppy dog pals, Bingo and Rolly, the pugs are staring back at the kids through the screen with their giant eyes. And they're just the, the most adorable pictures. And some people have been sending me videos of their kids. Someone sent me a video of their of their son saying, Thank you for puppy dog pals, Haran. He couldn't say my name. He said Haran, which was just like adorable, man. And I, I just see the joy and the happiness that, that the show's bringing to not only the kids, but the families. The parents are really loving the show, too, because it's not condescending. It's, it's almost like watching a, C, a short little CGI movie. The, uh, the stories are just stand on their own. They're fun and full of adventure. They're not preachy. They're not, they're not like trying to inject a little lesson and be too kidsy. And so adults are uh, having a blast watching it. And what also makes it great to watch is it is done so beautifully. I mean, it is, it is like at the level of a Pixar movie pretty much. It's it's not a hundred percent there, but it's it's not too far behind. I mean, if this if this animation uh, isn't as close to Pixar as it gets, I don't know what is. So it it is stunning to watch. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you guys can tune in. Definitely do it if you have kids between like the ages of two and ten years old. They will love Puppy Dog Pals. I went into a into a burger joint the other day, and. Uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, a guy there with his family recognized me. And he knew me from Half-Baked. This is what's so funny about the entertainment industry. I can be doing a stoner movie one minute and then a kid's show the next. But that's entertainment. You got to entertain everyone, right? And uh, this, this father <clears throat> recognized me from Half-Baked, which is a movie about weed. And he was sitting there with his little boy and his little girl. And I said, I said, oh, how old's your little girl? He said, 10 years old. And I said, oh, well, do you know Puppy Dog Pals? And she just lit up. She goes, oh, yeah, I love that show. And I said, oh, well, that's my show. I created it. And her face just went numb. Like, she just looked at me like, what? You created it? And I went, yeah, and I do the voice of Bob, the the, the pug's owner. And I, I, I went into his voice. I was like, hey, puppy dog pals, it's Bob. How are you, gang? <laughs> and she just about locked up like she had seen the Holy Messiah himself. I mean, she was just stunned. And, and it made me so happy that, you know, she was just so invested in the show that it just made her, like, stand still. And that, that that showed me that she was just a deep fan of the show. And so it's really resonating with people, and it's a good feeling, and it's a good show. It's a good-hearted show. And uh, I know most of my listeners here are not in the kids' Disney Junior world, but, you know, if, if for those of you that are have children, please uh, check it out. And even if you're not, check it out. Just, just out of curiosity, I'd love to hear what you think about it. Um. What else can I tell you? I don't forget to check out our uh, store at harlowwilliams.com. We have some fun merchandise for you. And don't forget to get our free app for the Harland Highway podcast. That's right. It's free. Just go into your app store on your cell phone and type in the Harland Highway podcast. And boom, free 
the latest 50 episodes free. And if you want the whole library of the Harland Highway, only $20, and we're almost at 1,000 episodes. We're like, this is number 883, man. We are getting so close. So for 20 bucks, you get a crap ton of stuff, plus bonus material that I, I put out for premium members. Uh, sometimes it's heavy, sometimes it's light, but you definitely get bonus material all through the year. It just depends on how busy my life is. If I'm writing scripts and I'm touring and I'm doing all, it's tough for me to add bonus material on top of my, my regular podcast, which is free. But when I do add bonus material, it's, uh, it's usually really good and special and, and it's just for premium members. So, uh, I hope you uh, join in, and it also helps cover our nut over here at the uh, show, helps cover our expenses to a degree. We don't like to grovel, but we do uh, appreciate any, uh, any help we can get. And lastly, please tell your friends, man. Tell your friends about the Harland Highway. There's too many people that don't. You know, I, I talk to these other podcasters like Joe Rogan, who who has like, I hear the guy has like a million point three listeners per episode and Adam Carolla has like f- 500,000. And, you know, we, we I would love to get up to those numbers. I'm nowhere near that. OK, I'm going to be humble here and, and be honest. I wish I was. But the only way I'm going to get there is if people help spread the word. So, you know, if you see the, the show come out, share a link. Send an email, send a tweet, send an Instagram, whatever you can do to help. Um, I, I realize that my show is a little more unorthodox than the average show, but, uh, you know, that's what I like to do, and that's probably why you're listening, because it is a little different. And I want to keep doing that and keep it coming, but we need we need to build our audience here, gang. We need We need an army so we can take over the world. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, anything you can do to help. Spread the word is greatly appreciated. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and that's it. That is all we have time for today. This show ran a little long, but that professor was a little rambly. He kind of went on a bit long, but, you know, I guess that's due to his important research. Yeah, right, not. Uh, so be careful by the pool, ladies and gurgle blargans, and uh, that's it for today. Uh, we're going to have Barbecue Eddie coming up any day now as we get into uh, the, the, the summer here. So stand by for that. And uh, until next time, everybody, you know how it goes. Stay urine free and chicken chow mein, baby. Well, Mr. Williams, do you want to get sick or do you want, do you want to have a fun day at the pool? Fuck you.